No, we're live now. <laughs> Go. We're live now. All right, guys. Sorry for the late start on today's episode. This is episode 34, Dangerous Feminism. Uh, tonight, we have uh, Alexis uh, joining us, uh, Heart of Flesh Lex, as she is known on uh, the TikToks, uh, uh, other social media pages, I believe. Um, so uh, thank you, Alexis, for joining us once again to talk about this very, very, very important topic that it uh, it seems to be plaguing the United States and Western thought as a whole. Um, I want to open up with a Bible verse for today. So Proverbs 14, 1, a wise woman builds her house while a foolish woman tears hers down with her own hands, uh, which is kind of what we see happening within the feminist movement. Um, so I want to kind of start off with uh, a few things that we discussed from last week. And I'm going to let Alexis kind of take it away. Uh, on just like the development of feminism and where where we've started or where it started and how we've kind of gone to where we are now, Alexis. Ah, sure. So, oh, you're muted. Um, oh, you're good now. No, we hear you now. Oh, okay. Totally slogan. <laughs> um, so, the what's known as like the very first feminist or proto-feminist. I would really go back to talking about Mary Wilson Craft um, and her daughter, Mary Shelley. Um, and those women are really upheld as some of the earliest feminists that we have. Um, and even within the Christian community, even within the anti-feminist community, um, a lot of people have a lot of blind spots when it comes to their actual lives and writings and what they talk about um, because they were very similar to our third wave feminists now today, our fourth wave feminists, which is something that a lot of people don't realize. Um, then you talk about the earliest feminist movements, they kind of were more Europe and um, around Europe was more of this uh, free love, free sex, like sleep with who you want kind of feminism started in Europe really. And this is around um, the mid to late 1800s around that time over in America, um, the feminist movement was really all about the, um, the suffrage movement, which had to do more with um, the prohibition. And, um, you know, women wanted the right to vote because they wanted to um, vote for the prohibition because their husbands were drunk all the time. And um, then these, uh, they, they also, had a lot of really great ideas when it came to uh, like the um, the abolitionist movement. They made really big steps in that. So people look back at first wave feminists and say, well, I agree because I believe women should have the right to vote. And they were just like a bunch of sweet old grannies. They believed in the abolitionist slavery. Like I agree with that too. So I must be a first wave feminist because I agree with that. When you actually go back and look at their writings, look at who they were, look at what they were really promoting. It wasn't just what they were promoting, but why were they promoting it? It becomes very clear that these women were not Christian. Um, right. These women were very anti-Christian. They were very anti-God. They were very anti-family, and they were very anti-woman. Yes. Yeah, so they believed that women could not be good unless she was a man. So, go ahead. Yeah, so... Oh, wow. so, so a lot of the, a lot of the, so we, so we've all taken time to go through uh, Eve and Exile, correct? Everybody's on the podcast. This I morning. unfortunately have not, but I'm gonna just ask questions as a, you know, a side objector. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if you go to Canon Plus, you can get uh, Eve and Exile. It's the only place you can stream it. Um, you can do a free trial in order to watch Eve and Exile. I highly recommend uh, you uh, at least give Eve and Exile a chance so that you can understand yeah. uh, the proto-feminist phase, the first, second, and third waves of feminism, uh, which Alexis kind of uh, went into. Um, I, so, but Alexis, you were a feminist, weren't you? And I guess in, in a biblical sense, you still are, right? I guess a true feminist, so, for lack of a better description. So here's the funny thing about the word feminist is that much like the word communist means something historically, the word feminist means something historically. And as much as, especially now people today want to be like, oh, I'm a communist, but the real kind of communist, right? But we know that when someone says I'm a communist, that means something. Okay, that means something that we fundamentally disagree with because it's a worldview. 
feminism is the same thing. Because of how feminism started, its historic roots, what it means, it, it, it means something when you say, I'm a feminist. So a lot of right. people, including myself in the past, would say, yeah, like I'm a feminist because like I believe women should have equal rights as men and like equal pay, right? That's the majority of right. people, even even most Christians, right, would be like, oh yeah, I guess I'm a feminist because like that's the generalized view of it. But I don't agree with this third wave feminism, but I don't agree with this new feminism and stuff that I would have agreed with first wave feminists. Um, and that really comes from a, a distortion of history that's <laughs> being taught about that because these women we're actually not pro-women and we're actually not Christian, not biblical. They hated their husbands. They hated their children. And you can see this from their writings. Um, they hated being women is at the fundamentally at its core. So, and so even though, Oh, go ahead. Well, can I just for clarity's sake to make sure I understand the point that you're making is that uh, a lot of times what women will say is that I'm more of a first wave feminist and they think in their mind that they're reverting back to a more wholesome, almost conservative type of feminism, when in reality, when you do the research of these uh, these first wave feminists, it really is truly, it's still like it's the foundation has already been laid for the next waves. And because it's like planting seeds, it is, it's now beginning to you know, they're reaping what they've been sowing for so many years. Does that, am, am I on track understanding yeah. what you're saying? Yeah. Exactly. So absolutely. Yeah. So like, you got to look into like, you, so you got to look into the idea of what, why, and how uh, yeah. these people are going about the things that they're, they're fighting for. Right. So what, um, you know, women should be educated. Why? Well, it's important for all people in society to be educated, but the how, and if the, the how the individual is going about developing uh, that worldview or that idea is yeah. antithetical to the biblical teaching, then we need to probably break away from that. Women yeah, should yeah, be exactly. educated. Women are important. It is important for women to be educated to overthrow men. Well, that's that's antithetical to the process of how we it, should co-inhabit the world. So. It's, it's kind of like when, when people, you know, when Christians talk about being pro-choice being uh, versus being an abolitionist, you know, those are two totally different titles, two totally different things. And so, um, and I think that the, the, the pro-choice moniker has also become that where just, we, we misunderstand the pro-choice position in that, you know, pro-choice positions often allow for other types of abortions. They just, um, they still want safe abortions. They just, they still want abortions, you know, and an abolitionist, you know, is, is someone who is against abortion completely. So I guess I'm trying to put that together in my head um, in the, in the way that people look at feminism also. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it is very much the same. So you're not a communist just because you feed your kids the same amount of crackers at snack time, even though that people would be like, oh, that's communism because you're giving each kids an equal amount. It's like, no, that's not actually communism. Very much the same feminism. People say, oh, I'm a feminist because I believe women have deserve equal rights. And it's like, that doesn't make you a feminist. Feminism ha is a worldview. And we know this. Why? Because it's not a set of beliefs because the set of beliefs are constantly ever evolving and changing and meaning new things, right? It's a worldview. Feminism is a worldview. And if my entire point of my whole entire like spiel of feminism is this, I don't need feminism to tell me that I am worthy and I have value and I deserve to be treated with dignity and respect. I don't need feminism because I have the Bible and I have the biblical worldview. And the biblical worldview tells me that the God's standard in the Bible is the highest standard for how a woman should be treated. It's the highest standard for how a man should be treated. It is the highest human standard that we have. And the biblical Amen. worldview is the only worldview that truly uh, satisfies on, and, <laughs> and gives and treats both sexes equally. It, equally, if that's equal in worth and dignity and value. And that mm. is shocking to somebody who is leans more, you know, uh, who is, who is a feminist. 
Yeah. So I guess Alexis, could you give us like a breakdown of what are some of the, some of the, uh, um, normal, uh, cons that people like to throw out about, uh, women in the Bible and then your response to those things about what, what the Bible actually teaches. So we have these, uh, constant, like, oh, the Bible, you know, is misogynistic. It's a patriarchy. It's all these things, and it makes women less than human. And then, a, a, I guess, a response to that. Yeah. So I have some notes here, and I have not looked over them since last time we talked. But oh, I she brought notes down to help me. Well, it's better <laughs> I than this, is why, this is this is why we pay her seven hundred dollars an episode. She brings notes. <laughs> I wish Logan um, brought notes. Okay, hold on one second. You know, I haven't looked at my notes since last time we talked. Since we're out there. It, gets me all, it gets me all confused. Um, uh, let's see. Man, I feel all lost. Do a dance. Okay, or here we go. So, First Corinthians 11, it, which is, the, I don't have it word for word right in front of me, but you guys will know which one I'm talking about. Um, so, uh, the head of every man is Christ, and the head of Christ is um and and the head hold on so the head of every man is christ and the head of every woman is the man and the head of christ is god i'm picturing that but you guys know what verse i'm talking about it's in first corinthians 11 so we can look at that and they say we'll see that means that's patriarchy which we can talk about the patriarchy later but (laughs) that is that means that women are at the bottom of the totem pole because we interject that is a totem pole of importance. But you see, that would mean that Christ is not as important as the father. Um, that would be, uh, that wouldn't be good for the Trinity. Uh, if you believe in the Trinity, then you know that that doesn't make any sense then. And so, so in, how do we know the context of what that is saying? So we see this. In verses seven and eight. So, um, when it talks about the glory of God and um, the woman, is um, the glory of the man. So, if Christ is, I'm, I'm butchering this. <laughs> um, but you're good. Um, you're on our podcast. There's no oh, standard. Sorry. There's no expectation. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of butchering this with my words because I don't have the verses right in front of me. But um, man, <laughs> it talks about man is the glory of God and woman is the glory of God. So that's like saying she is the glory of the glory. She is the holy of the holies because mm. Christ is the glory of the glory and Christ is the holy of the holy. So is that a lesser position then? No, that's right. not a lesser position then. Um, they woman is the crown. Together. The yeah, crown on the head. Yeah. The crown. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, we, so and, we have this breakdown. So woman is... Uh, made in the image of man 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 is made in the image of uh god right so we have god we set we set up that hierarchy as you established so we have woman man christ god and you think of it as this vertical stance that makes you seem to be this idea that um there is a hierarchy and then these things are less than one is less than the other well if you don't look at it technically or correctly right then you would create a trinitarian heresy by saying that Christ is less than the father, right? right? So obviously woman is not less than man just because it's the glory of man. Um, But instead they're, they're, they're magnifying uh, or it's a magnification of the other, right? As, which was pretty much what you were saying, right? So a woman is the glory of the glory. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sorry. I'm sorry. I butchered that so much. Another one that's coming to my mind is uh, in second Timothy, everyone wants to bring up this even egalitarians don't want to argue with you about this, right? Which is that um, I do not permit a woman to teach and so she is to remain silent, right? That's the one everyone wants to bring up and be like, see, Paul was a misogynist because that means that he's saying women are too stupid to preach. <laughs> huh. Like, uh, he never said that. So what, is, <laughs> so, what is your normal response to that? So my normal response is um there's there's several different ways you can kind of go with this um but my normal response is why is preaching a higher position a better position than a woman than any other position in the church why is it better are you interjecting that into the text 
do you get more glory in heaven because you were uh, a pastor or because you were a teacher like that? Like, do you get more? And, and why do you need to be in the position of a man to be important? Why can't you also be important in your own role? Why can't you also be important in anything else? Like, why is why are you idolizing that role? I think that a lot of churches have idolized that role. Um, and I think that's mm. a mistake. I don't think that role should be idolized. But women, you don't need to be in the position of a man in order to be important, in order to be worthy, in order to be used by God. You don't need that position. So I kind of had that conversation first, usually. Um, and then also, like, this is, it usually bleeds over into um, the family roles as well. Um, so mm. it talks about this in Ephesians and um, how, well, you know, the advocate for complementarianism. So, like, I, 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 I can, I can kind of have some empathy, I guess, uh, in, in the sense of like, I get that you feel uncomfortable with like a, a gender roles and, you know, roles for you to, I guess, can uh, just culturally be um, set to accomplish um, and, and you're not feeling comfortable doing that. But I, I think it's for our good that we are divided that way. Right. Yeah, so that's that's the thing. Um, it, it really isn't a you know Second Timothy issue. It really is a is a Genesis three issue, um, which you know is that men and women um, are created to both to work. So you see in the garden, work was there before the fall. Both Adam and Eve work. But Adam and Eve had these separate roles between them. And this is also reiterated throughout scripture. The, the point being is that there's a difference between man and women. And women, you could never fill a man's role. And men, you could never fill a woman's role. Because, and it's not saying like, this isn't even talking about like specific jobs or specific things like that either. This is talking about a man can never become a woman and a woman can never become a man, which is something we're fighting in our culture now today. And the, right. And the two and become the, one flesh. That's actually why it's important. Cause you know, uh, uh, he will leave his father and mother and cling to his wife. A man will, and, and the two will become one flesh, which is reminiscent of the, the, the nature of God in, in his creation between uh, Adam and Eve. And it was not good for man to be alone. And he, he made, you know, woman to be uh, bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. You know, it was, this was a compliment to man. And in order for the function of the garden, which many would say is the, the original temple of God, the original dwelling place of the Lord, where man and God were in, in relation, um, that was, uh, the work was fulfilled in that man and woman were doing it together. And so I actually wanted to add something to what you said, because I listened to um, I did listen to a Doug Wilson uh, teaching at a college. He did, It's an, about an hour long. It's on YouTube. Um, but he talks a lot about this and the, the various roles and he answers questions. But one of the things that he said to me that I actually found really fascinating and I hadn't thought of it in this way is that the worship, the church is designed to be male, masculine and feminine to complement each other. And the way he brings this up is he says, you know, what is the church? That is the body of Christ. That is the feminine to Christ's masculine. But the body of Christ is made up of both genders. It's made up of both feminine and masculine people which need to work together in order to complete the role as the church. But even if you nuance it down, if you break it down to more of a molecular level of the church, the congregation of the church is playing a feminine role in worship. It is receiving the word from the lead, who is the pastor, who is the masculine role, and must be masculine in order to complete that role in the church. So the balance, the beauty of that, that worship is the feminine receiving of the word 
and the masculine preaching of the word. And then he says something that I thought was funny. He says that the church doesn't need women, feminine pastors as much as it doesn't need men, feminine pastors either. <laughs> nice. That's true. Yeah. Sorry, I'm, I just felt like no, that no, was you, a really cool thing to add to it because we're talking yeah, about absolutely. this harmony of of the complement of God. It's like mm-hmm. it's uh, it really is a beautiful dance that we you, do. You, you ever notice the repetition of pattern, right? Like, right. The, like we see the the relationship between the father and the son. You see that in the relationship between man and women. You see that like the, in the marriage covenant. You see it in the process of. You know, God did not, or Christ did not count himself equal uh, with the Father, like lowering himself. Um, so an equal submitting themselves to an equal. Um, same thing, women who submit themselves to an equal. Like you, you see the pattern play itself out throughout scripture. Uh, and I would even say in the natural world as well. Um, why is it so hard for people to accept? Mm. I, because like, we I, I find it beautiful. Yeah, we, we naturally want to fight against that and you know, this kind of leads me into, I never, I talked about first wave feminism, which is, you know, they rejected the social norms. Um, you know, it's so funny because a first wave feminist is, you know, all, you know, conservative or pro-life people's favorite, favorite villain, which is Margaret Sanger, right? Mm-hmm. Um, founder of Planned Parenthood, right? She's a first wave feminist. She's super feminist, right? It's so funny how we villainize Margaret Sanger, but we don't villainize um like susan, susan b, b. anthony, anthony. Right. or katie stanton and it's like no they were just as bad because they said well read their writings they literally hated being women they wow. hated their role as women they hated their children like they hated their husbands like they were not good role models and so many people want to go back and say like oh but they were christian well first of all they were quakers so not Christian, but that's the other story. But, <laughs> but hey, have you ever but, had oatmeal? You've had oatmeal. Stop it. Diabetes. 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 It's delicious. But it's delicious. You know, and um, you know, and that really leads us into you know, we well, we kind of had an intermission between like World War One and World War Two, um, where because uh, there and there was the nineteen fifties era. It was the and, industrial revolution, right? That was like real big in, in yeah. taking women, like taking the jobs of women, the the domestic jobs. Yeah. yeah. Go and ahead. Keep going. You hit the nail on the head. Have you seen? Um, Dude, I didn't. Even next time he, didn't, he didn't do his homework. I didn't, yeah. but I watched this, Doug. Well, it's providential because I. It sounds like I watched a compliment to this conversation without even oh. knowing it. It wasn't on purpose. So I think Alexis, this is great. Are you okay with Doug Wilson talk? I know you're not a fan of his right now. Are, are you still? Are we Why still are you not? What's going Doug? on with Doug? With are, we still, are you still friends with I Dougie? don't want to comment on my feelings about Doug Wilson because oh. I know his controversies, guys. I know I went on a deep dive of Doug Wilson stuff and I came out the other end. All I'm going to say is I'm not going to comment publicly what I think about Doug Wilson. Do I have a subscription to Canon Plus? Yes, I do. Okay, bye. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Okay. That's fair. Okay. That's all we can all have. We can all have people we just disagree with. That's totally fine. Yeah. Take the good, uh, throw out the bad. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. A, oh, really quick. From a heart of flesh, Lex. Uh, really, really quick. I didn't say this earlier. Um, I actually didn't watch Even Exile until recently. I read the book Even Exile, mm, which is way it. more jam packed, full of yeah. stuff. It's amazing. So read the really, really, really read the book or listen to the book. I listen to the books all the time. Yeah, Logan's not going to read. Way to go. So, anyways, even Exile is a book first before it was a documentary. So highly recommend reading it. But if you don't want to read it, then yeah, like watch the documentary. Anyways, (laughs) but the you know so in this 1950s era, these women were all of a sudden all of these domestic duties were taken away from them, and it's like oh. What a blessing. This is a blessing given to them. All these technologies, a dishwasher, a, a, a laundry machine, um, a, an oven, like all of these electricity, like just going crazy, TV, like everything, the vacuum cleaners, everything was given to these women, right? That left these women, instead of using this blessing from God and making something productive of it, 
um, or spending their time doing something for the glory of God, these women became really fussy and really like, I'm bored. And I, um, you know what? Why does he get to go out of the house and work all day? Because they didn't see what they were doing at home was work. And so they saw their husband going to work and because they had no experience in that, exactly what their husbands were doing, they were like, that must be the better thing. I need to chase after this better thing because I am obviously given second. I want the better thing because I'm important and I'm the best and I want this and I need it. I need money and I need this praise for my job. And that was the attitude of these women, right? This all started with the Feminine Mystique by Betty Friedan, and this is known as the start of second wave feminism, which is all about women entering into the workforce. Um, and um, also, I want to I want to mention that the 1950s were not a good time for women. A lot of conservatives, a lot of Christian women, really idolized this time, or they even idolized the time of like the 1800s or the ball gowns and all this kind of stuff. Like before feminism, is what they say, like before feminism or before women are in the workplace and stuff. Um, and I think that that's really simple and really short sighted of women to idolize this time period. Women were, had, had really high rates of depression during this time. Women were, um, they were not at home using their gifts for the glory of God. The majority of women in culture, and there were tons of women who were, I'm sure. But the majority of women were not using their gifts for the glory of God, um, not teaching their children and using these blessings to them. They were being really selfish um, about it. And so their depression was high. And so it's not a time that we can idolize. I don't think the Christian women should idolize this time. I think there's a lot of problems with this time period. Um, I think there are a lot of problems with use of women during this time period, too. There's never been a perfect period of human history where you know, there's, there's never been, you know, and and a lot of people end up just like in the aesthetic and the clothes of it all, which I totally get. Um, I mean, the nineties was a good time though. And, and you know what, a lot of the nineties stuff is coming back, bro. Like the clothes and the, the, the colors and the, the baggy pants. You were born in the nineties. Let's go. I was. Thank you. Thank you very much for saying that. Oh man. Thanks. I, I was already after youth groups and I, I was already feeling really, really old, but now and that, now you still feel now old. I'm even older. How was Moses? Was he cool? Oh yeah, man. We used to chill. The glory, the glory, the glory shine, you know, <laughs> on his face. It was beautiful. I didn't I want him you. to veil it. Everybody else was like, veil it, dude. I'm like, come on, man. It's beautiful. Let it go. Oh man. Anyway, sorry for that. I Sorry, forgot to bring my I forgot to bring my son food, uh, my older son food from a uh, youth group, and so uh, I'm I'm letting him order DoorDash right now. That's why I'm a little sidetracked, but uh, we're working it out. Carry on. <laughs> no. You're fine. You're fine. Sorry for interrupting. Um, Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's fine. Um, yeah. So these like uh, the so anyways, better for Dan with the femininity, which. I highly recommend that you don't read it, um, especially women, um, because it it appeals to a part of women who, uh, I'm trying to think of the right word for this, but the part of women who are like, you're right, I am better than everyone else. It appeals to your vanity, and it appeals to your, uh, it, it was written at just the right time in history to, to kick off this movement. Um, so women were like, well, I, I need to go to work and send my kids off to someone else and, um, let, uh, so someone else take care of my kids because that's not as important of a job. Take care of my husband in my home. That's not an important job. That's stupid. That's not important. That's lesser than that's not good. I need to go work at an office as a secretary and that will be my life calling and that will make me feel important and make me feel good. Mm. Right. And so that's Supposedly. what, yeah, really. So that's what they did. Only there was one thing hindering them from having this amazing life and being men in the workplace. Uh, 
reproduction, um, pregnancy and childbirth and childbearing. Cats How dare done that. So in enters a huge push for abortion and um, abortion rights. Contraceptives and right. preventing Right, and contraceptives. And um, because this started with, well, I, I can be the same as men. Well, wait a minute. I'm not the same as a man because I can get pregnant and have a child. So if I just take away the part where I get pregnant and have a child, that'll make me the same as a man. Like that yeah. on its core level is what it is. Um, and so I, uh, I, I, I have yeah. a, I, I don't know if I can prove this or if there's a way I can go about proving it, but I believe there is a huge correlation between second wave feminism and uh, the rise of uh, the alphabet community and I was gonna say the trans yeah. movement because it sounds like oh. a lot like it's the it's the transitioning from one role to another, but it seems like it's founded in the same kind of idea of like wanting to be a man. Mm. Yes, and that's yeah that except in first wave feminism, right? They wanted to be men. They they said I'm not good enough unless I am a man, and they even read some of their writings. It's it's scary because people think this you know, the, the transgenderism or this androgynous movement that we're just a bunch of human blobs that can just choose our gender and our our bodies mean nothing, the rejection of the body. Um, by the way, anyone who's read Nancy Piercy, Love Thy Body, that's another amazing, amazing book that breaks down biblically all of this, not only throughout history, but today. Out of can you, four, can you it's say the rejection it of the body. Oh, Nancy <laughs> Piercy is her name, is the author's name. And she wrote this book called Love Thy Body. And Love thy body. Um, yes, and it is about, um, it talks about abortion, it talks about transgenderism, it talks about um, just anything that has to do with the body. But basically, this feminist worldview really pushed into view in the first wave this idea that your body doesn't matter. That's at the core of this is saying your body does not matter, do what you want be your own god and i always i always say this all the time satan like literally has nothing new it's the same lie regurgitated since the garden over and over again and every single every single one of these sins or ideologies or whatever boils down to did god really say and you can be like god and that is at the core of this sin is you can be god because you can be your own God. You can decide for yourself. You are in charge of yourself. You're about your choice. Mm. Right? <laughs> like it's literally right. the same lie regurgitated over and over and over to women, to everyone, really, because it's with multiple different sins, you can boil it down to those two, right? Um, but uh, I forgot where I was, but yeah. <laughs> um, so, go ahead. Um, what was I gonna say? Hold on, sorry. Um, so the second wave, um, yeah, the biggest hindrance was children. So there is where you get Gloria Simon, who really pushed for abortion during the second wave, even though abortion was being pushed during the first wave with Margaret Singer, only they would use it under different names. And Margaret Singer is also eugenicist and all that other kind of stuff. But, anyways, um, Gloria Simon, and that's where you get this shout your abortion which is still a thing today which is still a page today that exists yeah i've seen that it's gross are proud to have abortions they know it's a baby they know it's a baby and that they are killing it yeah like so so can we can we focus in on that like how does a like i want i like just think about how a worldview can just manipulate an entire population of people to deny the reality of uh, the world around them, right? And I know, like, the atheists would look at this podcast and be like, says the Christian, right? But, like, I, I mean, like, you know it's a baby. It, 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 the, the, the vaginal canal isn't magical. They don't just turn into something they're not, right? They don't just become a person the moment they they go through, like, the, the, the process of exiting. Um, it, it's a baby, Right, so this idea of my body, my choice, negating the body that's act like your uterus is meant for reproduction. It's not your body doesn't use your uterus at all. 
It doesn't help digest food. It doesn't doesn't do anything for you. It is it, actually every month it tells you <laughs> like where you're at in your process of having a baby, right? Like it it blows my mind. Like how does like we have we have completely turned away from what God has given us and turned it into something wicked. That, like if you don't believe in demons and demonic stuff, like and the powers of the prince of the air and all that and all these evil things, like this is a, a clear example of that. Like the world, people could just be blinded to the truth. I, I just I don't understand how first wave feminism to now how we got here. Like I get the propaganda and everything, but it just. I feel like our rational minds would have said, no, that's not. And and we are finally pushing back. Romans right? one, like, bro. I yeah. know, I know, I know Romans one, but uh, and, so, and you, so God turned them over to their debased minds. I got you. I feel you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you are 100% right. When it comes to there's, there's the correlation between the first day feminist and today's transgenderism movement. Well, it's the same thing. In fact, it's very well recognized, even amongst, even amongst secularists, that the transgender movement is an arm or a branch of feminism. That is really well recognized because mm. it is. It's considered this new, like, fourth wave feminism, maybe. Um, but it's just eating itself alive because now you have all these second or third wave feminists who are saying, wait a minute, um, we're getting rid of rights that other women have fought for. And so it's. They're, they're eating no. each other alive now. And then these um, men turning into women are completely butchering what it is to, to be a woman and have rights too. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. then what is a woman? Again, it goes back to that Matt Walsh special. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? I used to be pro-choice um, back when. Oh, well, let's I, talk uh, about that. I, I think we're going to, well, that's going to get into my detransition slash testimony story. But I did used to be pro-choice when I, I never really thought about it before growing up because it wasn't, I was, my family was never into politics or whatever. I grew up in a Christian-ish household and stuff, but my family never really talked about politics or anything. I never really thought about abortion, honestly, um, because I was never, politics aren't shoved down our throats like they are nowadays. Um, But, uh, you know, so I never, I guess I probably would have been pro-life. I honestly didn't think about it too much or anything mm. when I le- left Christianity. Spoiler alert, I was never really a Christian. But when I left Christianity, sorry, my kid came in. I ran as far away from God as I could. And I listened to every other idea that I could. And part of that was that. I, um, I I became pro-choice. I became very liberal in a lot of my beliefs because that was the thing to do. If you wanted to be cool and accepted, wh- why not? I have no other basis. For it's like a form of rebellion. I, believe. I mean, yeah, just it, like, yeah. yeah. Bro, yeah, Jesus I was is very three. much rebellious. Your desires and, will be for your husband. Yeah, it's a form of rebellion. Yeah, I mean, I think I, of like kids rebelling against what their parents want, but if you're rebelling against God... It's the same kind of thing. It's like, well, you know, it's the cool thing to do because we, by nature, are rebellious. It's like when I was in high school, I didn't want to do what the teachers said to do. I was a rebellious person. I wanted to do whatever I wanted to do. But that was based on my sin, rebellious nature that is ingrained in me. I wasn't saved, so I was living out my rebellion. That's the same thing that they're doing. Mm -hmm. And I, here's the thing. I do believe that there is, there is so much, mis- there is, I don't want to call it misinformation, just blatant lies out there that are saying that it's not really a baby inside of you. Don't worry. It doesn't feel anything. It's not a baby. It's, it's a little blob. Like there is some, there is a lot of people that believe that. For me though, um, I wasn't, I wasn't dumb. I didn't deny biology. I had had a child at this point. Um, I knew it was a baby and I still thought, I have a right to kill it and other women have a right to kill it too. Why? For pure selfishness because it would make our lives better. Mm-hmm. You know, and that is a lot of women. They won't outright say that, but that is a lot of pro-choice women. Wow. As, as, as much, so as much as I hate abortion, like I absolutely hate it. I, anytime somebody close to me. Trey, or, it says like three minutes. Oh. Sorry, sorry, sorry. 
<laughs> but as much as I hate abortion, anytime somebody close to me or uh, some kind of uh, just somebody within proximity of my like relationships community, ha- like I, I, I hear that they have one or they've had an abortion, um, my heart breaks, right? And, it, and, it, and my feelings of anger really don't, they're not there. Right. If that makes sense. Like, so, so talking about abortion in a broad aspect communally uh, within our society, I hate it. Right. It does make me angry. Right. Because we're hurting, we're hurting our future. We're hurting ourselves. And we're obviously destroying the Imago Dei in the process. Um, but when, it, when it's closer to home, it, it just, it, I have more of a heartbreak for it. And I want to just wrap my arms around that person because I know. I know inside that they are going to break one day and they're going to realize their decision was, was it, that they, they terminated their, their offspring, right? It's not just a clump of cells. They, they know what it is. And so I, I can only feel heartbreak for them and just want to hold them and say, you know what, whenever you're ready to talk about this, whenever you're ready to like open up about it, truly open up about it. And in in like what we would say in the form of repentance I'm, I'm going to be here for you, but with, so it's hard, hard to bet. Right. But it's, it, you got to balance that with being exact and saying, this is sin. This is wrong. And I don't fault you for being lied to, but I don't fault you for falling for the lie. And, and I just want to, I want to grow through this with you. Right. And that's, that's really hard to balance, right? Those, that's like two emotions battling inside of you. Like, at least for me. I hate it. Like I have, a, I have a true disdain for it. But at the same time, like I, I can empathize and understand. Like you, it's it's not your fault in a sense, even though it, it absolutely is. Every bit responsible, but you've you kind of felt victim to this socio uh, societal norms, right? I don't know. I, I don't know if that's a good way. It, did I did I kind of paint that picture? Or how I, it's really hard to explain your emotions. <laughs> Yeah, I've never met a woman in person. Now, online is a different story, but I have never personally talked with somebody, a woman who has opened up and said they've had an abortion that doesn't regret it. Every single one says that they think about that baby every single day. They regret it. They feel lied to. They feel, um, they, they have such depression over it. Like, it, it haunts them. Yeah, that breaks my heart. Yeah, it me me too because it could have, it it would have very easily been me. Um, very yeah yeah it would have it would have been me too. And then you know now I'm horrified because it's like the veil has been lifted and I realize what it is and I'm like, what? <laughs> like that is in that's insane. I actually have to hop off for like two seconds. I will be right back. I'm going to get back to bed. I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm by myself, so that's all. (laughs) You're fine. Go ahead. Do what you got to do. Let's see if I can bring both of us in. There we go. That might work. There we go. Looks like somebody's supposed to be here. If I turn this way, I'm looking at you. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) No, man. so So here we are, two men talking about how the Bible does not like put women beneath men's feet. Uh, I really don't think so. When I had that conversation with that feminist woman and I'm, I'm, I was arguing for complementarianism and just this idea of a a nuclear family and um, that, you know, you need both parents in the household and she was a single parent for a a, a good amount of years. Oh, I just lost you. Audio. Hang on a second. Nope, still gone. Well, guys, so how you doing? I'm Drew. It's nice to be here tonight on uh, this wonderful podcast. I, I hope you've enjoyed it. The quality and effort that we put into the show is uh, is is bar none. Uh, there is no show like this. I mean, Joe Rogan, you know how much money he spends on each one of his episodes? Let me tell you something while Logan is working out his sound. Joe Rogan spends a lot of money on his podcasts. And, uh, you know, and you can tell. 
you can tell he, he has a, there's a lot invested in it. And yeah, uh, there we go. There, there we go. go. Yeah. <sighs> All right. I don't know. What was that about? How much money does he invest more, in his More than us. <laughs> more <laughs> than us. <laughs> Would, well, our guests cost $700 an episode, so we got to... <laughs> I'm sorry, the production quality is not going to be good with that. I don't know what to say, you guys. Maybe better, better. Yep, Get all the money pays. All the money and the quality of this podcast went straight to Alexis. So, sorry, you guys, said, this is what you get. You said, do better. I went and got a, a ring light. You said, do better. I went and got a microphone. What more do you want from me? You said, I said, do better, and you went and got sparkles behind you i mean that's beautiful man <laughs> oh so four-year-old birthday party by the way just for all everybody viewing that's why this is 40 year old birthday party that's what you said four-year-old birthday yeah. party man so like you, you know how facebook or like your phone will give you like memories from this time uh oh yeah year, this date a year ago mm-hmm. or two years ago and i saw her little baby face and then i Aww. compared it with her like face now and my heart broke. It's it's like a it's it's a double edged sword, right? Like I I, hard, I want her to grow up and be her own woman and raise her own family, and I want her to stay little forever. You know what I mean? Dude, <laughs> just, I, oh man, uh, yeah. We have a Google Home, and so it displays pictures from you know anything that we've loaded up into the Google Drive, and yeah. uh, there are just pictures of my kids, like my adult son, but he's. 14 sitting on the couch, you know, doing Easter and um, time flies, dude. Like it's, I have a 20 year old son. Like that's insane. That doesn't make sense. Wow. I could be your kid. No, I said 20,000. I said 20. I didn't say mid (laughs) thirties. I'm not mid thirties. Jeez. Ouch. I mean, anything after 31 is basically, you know, you're closer to the middle than you are to the beginning, I guess. Anyway, back to the conversation. So, so what, real quick, Alexis, I, I want to ask you, or, or, or for both of you, what do you think is a bigger threat um, uh, that comes from this feminist idea, right? So abortion or transgenderism, both attack children, both attack the uh, future offspring, both of them are worldviews that are non-sustainable. They, you cannot sustain a society with, with that uh, uh, um, ideology. Mm. Um, but I, I, I'm curious, which is a bigger threat right now? So 60 million children have died since Roe v. Wade. Um, and I can only imagine how many. I, I mean, I constantly see videos on YouTube and on TikTok of people who have uh, – cut off mutilated part of their bodies and they regret it completely. And there's no right. turning back. Um, so I don't know which is worse. I think it's abortion. Mm. I mean, I think, yeah, because I, there I, is no voice for them, huh? Well, I mean, it's, it affects everything, you know, mm. are we under, are we under God's judgment over this? You know, are, are we under some sort of, you know, societal judgment because it's been allowed? I mean, I, I don't know what God, in his sovereignty is doing, um, you know, with, with and towards the sins of the people. But, you know, I do know that for the sake of the elect, he is storing up his wrath. So we, we have to be as a part of this, we have to recognize that as, as the world around us is sinning, God's wrath. I listened to John MacArthur preach on it and he says the word for it is like macro anger. It's the way that it's translated macro anger. And it's this idea that, he is holding all of the sins and all of his wrath towards all of the sins that are being uh, committed um, until the day of his, you know, the last elect is brought into the kingdom. And so then it is that that magnet, that magnitude of sin and wrath towards sin will be laid out onto mm. the rest of the earth. And uh, it's really uh I think that uh, this abortion thing is is I think we are being punished in some way. I think society is and that's why that's why we're seeing the trans thing. We're seeing the trans thing as, you know, what does it say in Romans one where it says, you know, it's not only he's giving them over, but it's like it. This is the result of God's wrath as well, that they have been given over to their sin. 
this is a this is one yeah. of the examples of God's wrath on to humankind. He lets them he lets the sin the sin overtake them, and so of course they're going to mutilate their bodies. They hate it's the image of God. They hate God so much that they will destroy it, the image. They will morph it into whatever they want, just like they've created God in their own image. It's like this should bring comfort to us. As, I mean, it should just devastate us as Christians, but it should also bring comfort to us that we can see this happening and it it proclaims the truth of God. When we see this, it, it should be it should make our hope even larger that we can boast in what the Lord is doing because we're seeing it played out in real time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. I think that, if, I mean, they're both evil. I think abortion is the greater evil because it's directly invasively killing another human being. But, um, so, you know, you know, it's so funny. And one of my favorite conspiracy theories, I just heard this the other day too, is hilarious that um, liberals are secretly conservative because they're killing off their own kind. And in about, 20 years yeah no it's no so that's very that's very true right so like think of so here's the idea there right their worldview is non-sustainable it's not right here we are being taught to reproduce uh uh, to go forth and multiply right raise them up in the way of the lord draw that line in the sand for me and my family will serve the lord and you don't see that happening in other other ideologies right other worldviews they they're they're literally killing the future which is why i'm post mill hashtag post mill and i wonder if god is doing that sometimes to just let them let that generation die off you know like in the wilderness when he would let Mm. the generation which in and of itself is a punishment is judgment wherever my camera is is punishment right it is judgment and it is a mercy to the rest of the world Yes. Right. So that that dies off. It's no longer plaguing the world and he doesn't have to pour out his uh, fullness of wrath. But uh, I wanted to bring up Isaiah 3, 12, 11 through 12, but Isaiah 3, 12 specifically. So uh, this is judgment on mm-hmm. Israel um, that he that God is actually uh, producing this in them. And it's obviously the context is applying to Israel. But it is if you don't think this uh, like the application of this applies to us today or there's no correlation, uh, I would just say you're foolish. But it says, woe to the wicked. Disasters is upon them for they will be uh, repaid with what their hands have done. Right. So what their hands have done. Verse 12, youth oppress my people and women rule over them. Oh, my people, you're. your guides mislead you. They turn you from your paths. The Lord arises to contend. He stands up to judge them. Like the youth literally like are there, there's an entire generation ruling. of kids just screaming, ruling, pro, contesting it, the, the social norms that we have established. Um, and where's the next part? And women rule over them, right? Where men have become effeminate. Men have no longer taken on the role as, as men, right, doing what they're supposed to do. Um, so, it, I mean, if you don't think that applies to us today, if you don't see a correlation between America and Israel then and God, being under God's judgment, I can't really help you. I got to read the Bible. Any, oh, Sam. Any, any clear? <laughs> I don't know. Alexis, how do we feel about John MacArthur? We mentioned him on here. How, 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 how are you doing so far? Are we, we still good or – He's all right. <laughs> I don't understand his dispensationalism, dude. I I am no. blown away. It, it blows my mind that he can he can affirm so many beautiful doctrines of grace and have such a high standard of scripture, and then read dispensationalism into the Bible. It's crazy. I, I it's so weird. I know. Also, I really strongly disagree with his lordship salvation in his book, um, mm. According to Jesus. I really strongly disagree with that. I think he's a brother still. It's whatever. I don't know. I've learned from him. He's fine. Yeah. He, he's he's definitely one of those that, you know, I'm not going to go to him for a teaching on things that I don't agree with him on. <laughs> Even his strange fire. And I know I know Logan's going to probably get me on this I one, love strange fire. I, I like I liked it. I listened to the whole thing. I just don't. I just. I don't have the same experience. It's very hard for me to, mm-hmm. uh, to, 
fully like I believe I be- like I I feel like I really grew in my understanding of the gifts through listening to Strange Fire. Um, definitely came to a more proper biblical understanding of it, but I still I'm not fully in on it, and you know, and it's okay. I still love you though. I know. I appreciate it. Somebody's got to. It's not my youth group kids. <laughs> oh gosh. How's that going, by the way? Man, uh, I didn't even want to do the show tonight, dude. <laughs> <laughs> we need to move from Wednesday Bro. to another night. <laughs> oh, my like... gosh, dude. Like, I just one student who is normally a very, very um, attentive student who asks awesome questions and, and is really I, I could feel like God was God has been like gripping their hearts, you know, as they've as they've asked questions and, and some really poignant ones, too. And uh, tonight was just a complete loose cannon. It wasn't even the same person. I don't know what it's so disruptive, um, disrupting the whole group, uh, asking ridiculous questions that were not related to what we were studying Um and calling people names, I just, I, I had to like, I had to put my foot down and it's, I mean, I don't know if this student is going to come back. I mean, from, from what I can tell she's, you know, I sent an email to, to the mom and uh, there might be a chance that this person doesn't come back again. It's it's hard. It's a, uh, that's, that's part of the, it's like, this is boot camp for pastorship for me. Like I get it. I'm, I know why I'm the youth pastor. I know why I'm going through this on a very small level with younger people who are very challenging. But as my, my mentor and senior pastor tells me, um, this is preparing, wait till it's adults because adults are the same way as a pastor. Adults are the same way you have to deal with them in your church. And it's even harder sometimes to deal with adults. Yeah, man. Because they I, think I, they know better. They have uh, learning. I think I want to go get my doctorate in ministry for conflict mitigation. I got oh. to, I was, I was uh, visiting a church this uh, past Sunday and I got to watch a form of church discipline, right? Where they basically had oh, wow. um, a, a, just kind of a, a conversation like, Hey, the pastor stood up there. was like, if you got any issues, I need you to just speak your piece now and then we'll grow through this and we'll mm-hmm. continue to love each other. And it was, it was actually really healthy to watch people, yeah, I don't yeah. like this. The music's too loud. The you know, and he just walked him through it. And here's what we're doing to fix it. And you know, let's we work have a brother. We have a brother at our church, man. I, I think he's 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 a good guy, but uh, he carries one of those uh, noise meters with him to every service to tell the pastor what the decibel level was of the. Does he really the, like you're you're joking, right? Like no, I'm. Like no. he literally has one. Yes, and every every service he'll mention it to the pastor. If we get above what is normal, like if we get into dangerous levels, so like <laughs> this is like this. Alexis, is you're at a seven right now. I need you to bring it down to a six. This is what pastors deal with. This is such a different side of ministry for me, um, but it's fun. I mean, it's, it's, it's challenging. You get to see the different natures of man for sure <laughs> from all different levels. All right. <laughs> well, we're at an hour. Um, let's uh, we can give the floor to Alexis to touch on anything last minute that you wanted to, to bring up that we, you know, definitely don't want to, fr- <laughs> she's done. She's like, you know what? Forget this. I'm dropping the phone. It's nine thirty where I'm at, guys. <laughs> we were going to ask her to give the gospel, but now, based on well, her, clearly, her, her, she's, she's uh, checking in phone. her savings, and she's <laughs> going to have to wait at least three business days before she can. <laughs> hey, I bought a truck today. By the way, did you? Yeah. How that? Did you get your uh, uh, your tags? Was it pay tax free? I got. Uh, no, no, I still got to pay for like registration and stuff. But. Gotcha, um, gotcha. But uh, I am. Uh, what does that sound? That is my dog drinking water. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "What is? What is slurping? What's happening, dude?" <laughs> it's like oh, you moved man. from an office that has now become yeah. a nursery to a child's to birthday a, party, a room. kitchen. 
kitchen. Um, no, we got uh, we there, uh, a guy in our neighborhood was selling his truck. It's a King Ranch Ford F one fifty two thousand five. It's got a lot of miles on it, but uh, the truck market is crazy. It's hard to find trucks, and uh, so we got it for six thousand nine hundred bucks. And that's uh, not took, bad. How many miles? Two hundred and sixty thousand. Yeah, it's got another two hundred so, on it. You'll be good. Just I think so, it. dude. Like genuine, like. And this, this, you could tell that this truck was well taken care of by all of the own, like two, I think it only had two other owners. It's in pristine condition, dude. It does not look like a 2005. So anyway, trucking um, for Jesus. I got it. While we were, while we were awaiting, cause Alexis had very important business to attend to. Yeah, for a moment. <laughs> so, uh, because we trust, we trust her so much and, um, Yeah. <laughs> I know you got to go. I know you got to go. We're all um, uh, so Alexis, uh, we would love to have you on for a future episode to talk about yeah. uh, your, your walk through a, uh, your, your uh, oneness Pentecostal experience, your deconstruction into reconstruction into the, the true reformed theological faith, which I think is the most accurate um, most what'll she do next uh, folks don't yeah, just don't go you might you might become eastern orthodox next and then yeah. one is pentecostal again i don't i don't know <laughs> i hope he's watching um he's my he's my best friend he's my best friend okay um but yeah we would love to have you on for an episode like that i just need to save up another 700 dollars so that we can uh, get that episode right. going right so um, but because we trust you and we know that you are biblically sound um, and we would like for you to share the gospel in closing, um, unless you have like, so just give like an overview of like some final thoughts it, on feminism and biblical yeah. response and then the gospel. If you and if, if you if you feel like we've jumped made you to do this, you don't have to. We can do the gospel on our own. So you don't have to like jump into it if it's uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. you're fine. I, you're fine. OK, cool. I do um, know it. I know it. I, I've rehearsed it a few times. Okay basic overview um women christian women you don't need feminism to tell you that you are important and you deserve to be worthy of love and respect um, that's right the biblical worldview tells you that god tells you that god holds you in so much more worth and value than feminism does because as you can see now feminism doesn't hold women in the highest value um so you know god the biblical standard is what holds women in the highest value. Um, you don't need feminism. Um, also, I wanted to mention really quick that um, first century church, Paul's letters were completely revolutionary, completely unheard of. To say that, um, uh, that men and women um, both get the gospel but get to be saved um that they are there is no man nor woman um but all are one in jesus christ that was insane for that culture because i could talk about this for longer but i'm not going to but in that culture women were less than animals and in that roman culture men not only had the right to but were encouraged to uh, i'm not I don't know what I can say, but our word, not only other women, but children yep. and animals as well in that culture was the norm and it was encouraged in Roman culture. And what changed the culture? Christianity did. Saying yep. that you need to treat others as if they're in the image of God and deserve worth and respect. That is what changed that culture. So the Bible was the first first one to do that just so you know um so i uh, just that really quick also women you weren't made to just sit there and look pretty that's in biblical too for women to just sit around and look pretty and that's right and do these pretty things and be all aesthetic no women you were created to work and nobody could fulfill your work role as a woman like you can and you don't need to be a man to have respect and to fulfill that work role you have work as a woman to do that is neglected if you're doing a man's work. So only you can do what a woman can do. And only men can do what a man can do. Amen. Um, 
And um, just really quick, the gospel is that we are all sinners. We have all broken God's law, every single one of us. The second that you say, no, I, that I'm good now, the gospel for people who, you know, like bad people or people who aren't in church, but I know I don't sin. I am good. Um, have you loved God every single second of every single day with all of your heart, soul, mind, and spirit? No, you have not. Because that is a lie. You have not loved God perfectly. You are a sinner that does not measure up to God's level of perfection. And because of that, you need someone to take your place, to pay for your sins. And that is the God-man, Jesus Christ, who is perfect in all ways. He never, ever sinned. He died on the cross. He took your punishment for your sins. He took your sins upon him. All that you have done, all that you will ever do. He took your sins. And it only is by God's grace, through faith, that you are saved. And it is only by God's grace. Nothing you could ever do to make atonement for your own sin. Only Jesus Christ on that cross can. And he died. And then three days later, he rose again. And that is, that's the gospel. Having faith in that, that Jesus is the one who took the place for your sin. He is the one who is in heaven saying, I took the payment for that sin. I took the payment for that sin. I took the payment for that sin over and over and over again. That is the gospel. You are saved only by believing and trusting in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Um, that is the gospel. Amen. Kind of makes you want to go and sin no more, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Hopefully, it first love yeah. me and now love him. Absolutely. Man, All right. yeah, this was a great episode. Thank you so much, Alexis, for joining us. If you guys want to reach her, you can uh, reach her at the Heart of Flesh Lex on TikTok, Instagram, mm-hmm. Facebook, Twitter, uh, all the other places that Gab. I, I imagine she get whatever. Parlor, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Truth Facebook Social Marketplace. She's she's got them all. Uh, and then uh, neighbor her cat her cash app is Heart of Flesh Lex, I believe too. So if you want to send her some money, do yeah. that. It's, I don't have a cash app. <laughs> oh, yeah. So don't send it. Maybe that other send, person we needs gotta, it. We got to send a check. There we go. Maybe. All right. All right, guys. Good night, everybody. Thank you, Thank you so much for joining, guys. Loved it. Bye. 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 We.